Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. In this time of year, Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, in a week, it's a little over a week away, a week and a day away, and the standard blessing during this time, Elul through, month of Elul through Rosh Hashanah, there's a longer blessing, Ketiva Vechatima Tova, which you'll never have to say probably, which means a good in writing and sealing, a, an inscribing and sealing, it's a judgment in the book of life, that's what that really means, um, that the person should be written and sealed in the book of life for a good year. For a good year. Now, we believe, of course, in being written in the book of life forever through the Messiah. That's the most important thing. It's forever. But it's shortened this greeting. Just understand what Jewish people are exchanging between each other. Chatima uh, Tova. Let's try saying this. Chatima Tova. Chatima Tova. Have a good signing, a, a prayer, really, a prayer, a blessing, a blessing and a prayer. And, but the simple one that we all exchange, and you want to exchange it with your Jewish friend, is Shana Tova. Let's say Shana. Tova, Shana Tova, have a good year. The appropriate response might be Gam Lecha or Gam Lach, the same to you. So uh, Shana Tova, Happy New Year, a good year, or Shana Tova Metuka is a good and a sweet new year. The simple one is Shana Tova, uh, La Shana Tova, hey, have a, a good year. Deuteronomy 26, if you turn there, Deuteronomy 26, when you hear the word Haggadah, what do you think of? What holiday? Yeah, Passover, right? Haggadah. Well, there's another Haggadah. Actually, right here in Deuteronomy 26, there's a, another Haggadah. Haggadah is the manual we read for Passover. The, it means the telling or really the retelling of the Passover story. But the word is used here for this uh, Bikurim, when after the Jewish people had settled in the land and planted their trees, that God commanded Bikurim, a beautiful, elaborate ceremony here of offering first fruits to the Lord. And there's two words for the first fruits. One is the Bikurim, but this is the Bikurim command. And, uh, but it is interesting because the word here, uh, where he, which they, they make a declaration, I declare today, and that word is Haggadah, or uh, Haggad, from the Haggad, the, root, the same root. So let's look at those, that portion right here. And I want us to think about not only what we're offering to the Lord in terms of everything belonging to him, but let's think of also people and souls to the Lord and the harvest, the spiritual harvest. Now, when you enter the land the Adonai is giving you as an inheritance you possess and dwell in it, you're to take some of the first... Uh, from the first, from the reshet, reshit, from the first of the, the produce, the fruit, the pri, the fruit 
of the soil. Now, all, all the commentaries, all the rabbis would say it would be the seven varieties from Deuteronomy, I think it's 8.10. Uh, what were the seven varieties, seven fruits of the land of Israel? What are they? Pomegranates. It's actually not, I thought, I thought it was almonds, but I think grapes, dates, dates, that's where we get date honey, olives, olive oil, barley, wheat, figs. So from the seven fruits, which you eat every day, right? And you shall, in the land you're the Lord your God is giving you, put it in a basket and go to the place the Lord your God chooses to make his name dwell. You are to go to the Kohen, now they go to the priest, the Kohen in charge of those in those days and say to him, I declare, so here's a declaration, a confession, a prayer that's, that's, that's said, a, a statement, uh, uh, so to speak, made uh, this, in this ceremony. You say, I declare today to Adonai our God, confession before God that I have entered into the land that the Lord, that Adonai swore to our fathers to give us. The Kohen is to take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. So in the sanctuary. Then you are to respond before Adonai your God. And look at this amazing confession. Um, it's, it's an amazing confession. My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down to Egypt, goes all the way back to Abraham, and lived there as an outsider, few in number, but there he became a great nation, mighty and numerous. The Egyptians treated us badly. But this first fruits was giving back to God from what he has given to me. That's the idea. It's mentioned in verse 2 and verse 10. First Chronicles 29, 14 David said, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and of your own we have given. You know, in other words, everything would just start to produce. First harvest, it's coming. And there's all sorts of ideas that, I mean, the traditions that Talmud says that they put little bows, ribbons around the, the fruit you know, because they're saying as soon as it came, this belongs to God. Before I'm tempted to start eating it, to take it and forget about God, I'm saying it belongs to God first. And what a beautiful reminder, what a beautiful principle. Everything comes from you, God. First to you, first to you. The word bechur from bikurim means to force out, like forcing out of the womb. It's the firstborn, the first fruits. The reshit pri ha'adama, the first fruit of the earth, the red earth, rosh, head, or be, means begin. Now, the very first verse of the Bible is what? Breshit bara Elohim. At the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Breshit bara et el hashamayim et haaretz. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Everything begins with God. Everything. He started everything. And he must be our start, our beginning. Apart from God, nothing has ultimate significance. So we put him first, have to put him first. If we put him second or third, then think about it. He is following us rather than we following him. And Yeshua said, I'll follow you. No, no. <laughs> Yeshua said what? Follow me. Follow me, right? Follow me. And what will he do? 
I'll make you fishers of men. Oh, I love that. I'll make you fishers of men. If I'm following Yeshua, I'm going to be fishing for people. If I'm really following close behind him, guess what? I'm going to have his heart for wanting to win others to the Lord. I'll be, it'll, be, it'll just be a part of my, my chemistry. It'll be, I'll be wanting to tell others about him, to bring others. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first of your entire harvest, Proverbs 3.9 says. That's what they would do. That's what the commandment was. He created first. He chose first. He loved first. We love because he first loved. He loved first. Thank God. He saved first. He called first. So we put him first because he is first. Colossians 1.18 says he's the head of the body, his community. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in all things. Back up to 1.16 and 17 of Colossians. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Hashemayim v'haaretz. The seen and the unseen. Whether thrones or angelic powers or rulers or authorities. All was created through him and for him. He exists before everything. And in him all holds together. So everything revolves around the Lord, around him. He's the beginning. Now, I'm just going to mention, I encourage us all to read and hear uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn's book. I haven't gotten it yet myself. I've just heard pieces of it. He's a friend of mine. I mentioned him last week, but Return of the Gods. Return of the Gods. Because, and I never usually do this, but he, I believe he is a prophetic voice clearly of God, as Jonathan, Rabbi Jonathan Burnus says as well, and Sid Roth, in the last days before the return of Yeshua. He's God's voice right now is coming to us through what he's saying in this book. War going on for the souls of men and for our nation and for our world. And I can't in any way sum up the book because I haven't read it. I've just heard pieces of interviews, but basically that there's this war going on, that the demons, the gods never die, the demons have never died, the ancient demons, and they've returned. And I agree, as I said, with Rabbi Jonathan Burnus' take on it, Sid Roth's, prayer is our greatest weapon, and we can pull down strongholds that are identified. You know, he's identified these strongholds that, are, that we're at war with in our country right now. And, uh, and that we are at the, as Jonathan Bernus says, at the end of the end. And we can see, but it's not dismal. We can see, and I'm not a pessimist, I'm an optimist, we can see a great revival come if we pray. We can see rather than a great destruction. Now, we don't know. I don't know what will happen. But, and I, but I love the fact that he mentions in the book, again, that a great, there was a great global exorcism in the first century. That all that, in other words, they, the demons, the spirits had to, they were arrested in terms of their strength and power through the spread of the Besorah, the gospel. And so think about it. What power we have as we pray, number one, and number two, go. Spread the good news. Spread the gospel. That's doing something. It's immobilizing his power 
to control and to continue to move forward with his agenda, the enemy's agenda I'm talking about, the adversary. So we can win and we need not fear. I can't believe how some people are just paralyzed by fear, you know, and they're listening and they're let, they let fear control them. Fear, 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 fear. Now, I believe in being practical. I believe, sure, we need, war- we need to heed uh, warnings and, and sure, if someone says, be careful of this and we, we need to be careful, we, but we don't, we're not controlled by fear. We're controlled by, by the Lord's Spirit and by the Word of God and by the tr- promises of God. And so we, we move forward and, and we're, but uh, we we understand what the times are. We need to be, as the men of Issachar, understand what the times are. First Chronicles 12.32. So we know what to do, and that's pray, bring down the strongholds through prayer, and then go with the gospel. When we put other things before the Lord, we, we need to put everything, the Lord first, and be like, like as we read in this passage, this beautiful passage of putting everything in the Lord's hands first and going and trusting him with it. Uh, When we put other things before the Lord, we wonder why things go so wrong. So many problems we otherwise wouldn't happen when we don't put the Lord first. We need to seek his direction when we're making life decisions, whether it's marriage, that's a pretty big one, wouldn't you say? Uh, Or changing jobs or locations or anything like that. We need to seek his face first, not just make the decision, say, this is my preference, this is what I want. No, put him first, seek him first in it. We need to give everything to the Lord. What a beautiful principle here. They put everything, the first fruits in the basket, say, Lord, it's all yours. You own everything. We give everything to the Lord, our children to the Lord, our possessions to the Lord, our businesses, our aspirations all given over to him because they have their origin or have to have their origin in him because he owns everything. And by giving up and giving back some of our accomplishments and gains, we acknowledge that those achievements all are traced back to God in the first place. That I'm in partnership with him regarding the blessings that I have. Hosea 9 verse 10 uses both words, bachar, and reshit, both Hebrew words. When it says, the Lord says of Israel, he says, like grapes in the wilderness, I found Israel. Like the first fruits on a fig tree, it's the, in the first season, in its first season, I saw your fathers. God saw Israel as his first fruit, and he sees you and I as his first fruit too. He sees us as his first fruit. So what happened in this, in this ceremony? The Mishnah describes a procession that would take place to the temple. When a man goes down to the field, sees for the first time a ripe fig or a ripe cluster of grapes or a ripe pomegranate, he binds it round with reed grass and says, lo, these are the first fruits. The men of several towns, they would gather together and they, spent the, they would spend the night in the open place of the town. Early in the morning, the officer of the temple delegation would say, Arise and let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. They brought fresh figs and grapes. He would, this is recorded. They would see the figs and the raisins. Uh, before them went the ox overlaid with gold and a wreath of 
olive leaves. The flute was played before them until they drew near to Jerusalem. Uh, They were greeted upon approaching Jerusalem by the rulers, temple treasurers, craftsmen, etc. Brethren, you are welcome, they would say. The flute was played before them until they reached the temple mount. The Levites sang the song, I will exalt thee, O Adonai, for you have raised me up and not made my enemies to triumph over me. While the basket was yet on his shoulder, a man would recite the passage to the Kohen. I declare this day, the portion we read here, to the Lord, to Adonai our God, and that whole passage there. When he reached the word Aramean, he took down the basket from his shoulder and held it by the rim. The priest put his hand beneath it and waved it. The man then recited the words until he finished the passage in Deuteronomy 6, 26, verses 5 through 10. Then he left the basket by the side of the altar and lowered himself and went his way. The rich brought their first fruits in baskets overlaid with silver and gold, while the poor brought them in wicker baskets of peeled willow branches. But everyone brought their baskets. And the declaration was like a mini-history summary of the nation's miraculous origin and destiny. So it says here, my ancestor, here I like the complete Jewish Bible translation, my ancestor was a nomad from Aram. He went down into Egypt, few in number, and stayed. There he became a great strong populous nation, but the Egyptians treated us badly, they oppressed us and imposed harsh slavery on us. So we cried out to Adonai, the God of our ancestors, He heard us and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. And Adonai brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand, with a stretched out arm, and with great fear and with signs and wonders. Now he has brought us to this place and given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Therefore, as you see, I have now brought the first fruits of the land which you, Lord, have given me. And so would be the ceremony. And they would go through this every, in a, in a very special way, and this would be declaring God's ownership of the land. Now, first fruits also means much more to come. In, it says in the New Covenant that the Spirit is, in Romans 8.23, is the first fruits of our body's resurrection to come. In Romans 16.5, it mentions the first fruits of Achaia to Messiah. Paul says a person named Eponitus is the first fruits. 1 Corinthians 16, 15, Stephanus, he says, is the first fruits. And Yeshua is called the first fruits of the resurrection bodies that we will have our resurrection bodies from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 and 23. Or James 1, 18 says, by his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Revelation 14.4, the 144,000, these are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These have been redeemed from among mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb. So, people are first fruits. People can be first fruits. Ask yourself this question. When was the last time you were able to lead someone to the Lord? When was the last time I was able to see someone become a first fruit, become that person that came to the Lord, came to faith in Yeshua. What, what did you experience when that happened? Was it amazing or what? Isn't it amazing?
how did you feel? I mean, on top of the world, right? Like this is, this is there's nothing greater. All the heavens, all the angels in heaven rejoice, right? Over one sinner who repents, one person. You just feel like, you know, I think it's Luke 15, 10. Um, one, it's just, there's nothing like it. I want to tell you a, a beautiful story. Pastor Herb Links was the first uh, Messianic Jewish, Jewish pastor that I ever met and went to uh, his, when I was a young believer in Philadelphia. He was an amazing man. Would go to, you know, in a busy city, center of city. We always knew we could go and talk. Never had a large congregation. It was always small. It was small. But they did outreach to Rittenhouse Square and uh, take music there and start singing. And people would come around and get to witness and talk to, get to talk to people in those days. Many things happened there. But it was a place to go in my early believing days before I went to college when I'd just come to the faith. Didn't know there were other Jewish believers. That was the first place I found other Jewish believers. He saw many Jewish people, you know, come to faith one by one. Listen to this story. I just found it recently. He went to be with the Lord uh, five years ago, and I'm so sorry I didn't get to see him. Herb Link's parents were on the last train. His parents were on the last train fleeing 1937 Austria, crossing the border into Italy just before the Gestapo shut it down. They went to, ended up going to Ellis Island on Columbus Day in 1939. They settled in St. Louis, Missouri. Now, two women, both named Margaret, would visit his home when he was a boy. So he's remembering this when he was a boy. These two women, and they were missionaries to the Jewish people. I don't know what organization, but they were, and they would visit his home. His father was not interested. Herb was not interested as a boy. His mother eventually through their visits, went with them to a church and received Yeshua. Years later, after Herb was going into ministry and everything, he looked, decided to look up these two women. Years later, one had died, but the other was still in St. Louis. He says, this is his quote, I found her in a mental institution. She was suffering from severe depression because she felt like a failure. She had this unquenchable love for the Jewish people, and she thought she didn't have much to show for her labor. I asked her if she had remembered a family that she had visited, and she did. I asked if she had ever heard what had happened to them. She said she had not. I told her that the husband and wife had both become believers, and their son who had also become a believer, was going into the ministry. I finally said, Margaret, I am that little boy. Her face lit up, and shortly thereafter, she was released from the hospital and continued her work. Is that a story or what? Isn't that amazing? You never know. You never know. Don't give up. Reach the harvest. Share your faith. Listen, the first fruits are important. Give them to the Lord. The basket, this is such a beautiful ceremony. First fruits, we are, you know, you are somebody's first fruit. You are in that basket for someone, of someone's, you know, that you, that, that brought you. Who brought you to the Lord? Who prayed for you? Who brought you to faith? Someone did. Someone, someone brought you the gospel. Someone prayed for you. So it all works together. One sows, another reaps, you know, but God gives the growth. And 1 Corinthians 3, it's amazing.
It's amazing. And everything is of the Lord. It's not our power. It's not, but we are, but we're, put him first and be available, be his vessels, be available to him. And don't, don't give up. Don't think the littlest thing doesn't count. Don't think God doesn't see. God sees everything. He sees everything. And it's all worth it. It's all worth it. So praise the Lord. Let's give our first fruits to the Lord. Let's realize it all comes from him. And let's uh, be faithful in his harvest. Amen? So thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that everything comes from you. And we give thanks to you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us into the land that flows with milk and honey. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that for what you've given us, Lord. We're grateful. But we thank you for the challenges, Lord. We thank you for the, that we're up against. We thank you for the pillars in this congregation, Lord, and, and we thank you that help us to build it through prayer, to be faithful in prayer like never before, like Melissa had said, and you want to hear our prayers. Help us to thank you for those that are so faithful, praying daily, weekly. Thank you, Lord. Help us be faithful with the power of outreach, Lord, with the power of evangelism, of the Besorah, bringing the good news, Lord. Thank you for the Caleb Global Group, the students that have, are with us today, Lord, that are doing that, are learning and growing. But we're all part of it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that each one of us are your ambassadors. We want to follow you, not expect you to follow us, but follow you and become fishers of people, fishers of men and women, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you and thank you. We bless you and thank you. If you've never trusted Yeshua today and been born again, you've never had that brand new experience of trusting Yeshua, then it's a prayer away. It's just a matter of opening your heart and mouth and saying, God, save me. Come into my life. I want to know you. Lord, make me your son, your daughter. Lord, I thank you. Forgive me for my sin. Wash me. Make me clean. Lord, Thank you for dying for me, for your sacrifice, for your death on the tree for me so that I could have eternal life. I believe I'm trusting you best I understand. And if you're praying that prayer today, please contact us. If you're watching online, please let us know. We'll help you in any way we can. If you're here today, uh, please pray with someone afterwards that will be up here. <laughs> Ya era Adonai panavelecha vichunecha. Isa Adonai panavelecha viasem lecha shalom. Bishem Yeshua hamashiach sar ha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen.